Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, glad you are part of our program today, both myself and my financial... My co-host, we're both financial well, we, advisors. I said we do act as financial advisors to each other. We do. That is correct. <laughs> that is, let's, second set of eyes. Second set of eyes. What do you think about this? Yeah. But um, we certainly enjoy being uh, your financial advisors on the podcast radio on the weekend. So got a good program lined up as usual. Some good calls and uh, talking about some things that are relevant in the marketplace. And it's... Uh, this year just start has the last what is it five months or so? The tech stocks, the magnificent seven. Yeah, you know, every again. couple of years they come up with some other new thing. But now it's the magnificent seven. Um and it I get this part of it feels like nineteen ninety nine. Little bit. With, especially with the AI, NVIDIA. Anything that actually has like AI'd. nobody knows quite where it's gonna go. We see that there's future there we don't know who the winners are going to be yep but companies are actually reshaping their message to say ai of course yes. everyone is and i remember i read an article in the last couple of weeks about these uh teenagers and their investment prowess and i thought this just reminds me so much of 1999 was anything that was internet related shot up through the you know price of the moon yeah pets.com and we're seeing a bit of that now not and yeah, I just think people need to be a little bit careful. We don't know who the winners are going to be. There will you think, be. What happened to Netscape? Yes. Wasn't that the big browser, Netscape? Yes. What how about Yahoo? Yahoo, whatever you want to, however you pronounce it. Yes. Bing. Some of these things never took off. Yeah, and actually, remember the uh, back in the day when the content companies were now merging with internet companies. You mean like Time Warner and AOL? Yes. <laughs> Right, that was the big thing, right? Which is, oh, we've got an internet company and we've got a content. AOL company. is another company. They were like, they and, were the Nvidia of its day. Yes, and that was displaced by actually uh, mom and pop content and young man content and people that would just post whatever they want. And I was, I was, I was just, I don't know, a week or so ago. I, I was, I'm reading about Nvidia. They've been around for a long time, right? But uh, oh, amazingly, yeah. A long time. It's not long like overnight. Time. Yeah. So to compare them to AOL is not fair because they had a very nice business before. But the stock's just gone through the roof the last couple of years. And I, because, the, and I'm no expert in this area. So if you're an expert in this area, forgive me. Uh, but the, the, I mean, my understanding is the chips they make is, are, is designed more for AI than some traditional type stuff. And I just glanced at Intel. So I was, that's funny because I was thinking about Intel and NVIDIA yesterday. I'm thinking, these guys, I mean, they were the market leaders for years and years and years. Intel. That, that stock has gone nowhere in 20 some years. You've made maybe the dividend of 1% or something for well, maybe it's two, I don't know what the dividend is, nothing for 20 years. That thing is, that stock's done terrible the last five years. And the reason I'm... It was the darling in the 90s. My wife... So my wife worked for Intel for five years before we had kids in 1991. And at that time, that they were on fire. 
And um, when someone would show up in a in the parking lot with a new car, people would joke, "Oh, you, that that fifty thousand dollar car actually cost you a million dollars because that's what your stock would have been worth had you not sold it to buy the car." That's how fast the stock was going up during that time. Because <laughs> it would go up forever. Correct, and it was a pretty good sized company at that time. Yes, and of course it didn't. <laughs> that's right. And the, the, actually, it, the car may have been the best investment. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah, so right now, just be careful. If you're suddenly overloading in some of these stocks. Because it's the hot thing. Just I, was, I was chatting with one of our advisors last week, and he was telling me about uh, one of his clients um, just loves uh, Navit Rivian. Is that the pickup truck? Yes. Rivian. They're good-looking pickups. I've seen them. I, think I don't want one myself, but... Uh, the stock's down, I don't know, 90-some-odd percent. Yes. And so he he had this client. He said he really wanted to get the, the buy some of the stock and say, hey, whatever. Like, let's make sure it's not going to impact your lifestyle if it goes the other direction. So he made some investment. In it, and, of course, it went up dramatically after that. And the, the client was so happy because, like, he's like, man, I've made more than what this new pickup's going to cost me because I guess he was on order for pickup. Well, the story's changed now, Correct. right? <laughs> now he could have bought a couple of pickups for what he's lost in the. It stock. is. It's the nature. It's the nature yeah. of the business. But it's in, uh, some changes in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which uh, I always find curious. Um, by the way, it is not an index; it's an average. So, um, why we continue to watch the Dow Jones Industrial Average is kind of confusing to me. Why that that is on every news report versus broader market. It's like the S and P is always quoted. Yeah. But total market would probably be better. The total market would probably be a better indicator of actually how uh, economic activity and companies on a particular are, day or week or month yes, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. The, Cause Amazon's now part of the Dow. And I was actually kind of surprised that it hadn't been, I mean, I don't pay much attention to the Dow. Yeah. And, and they dropped what they dropped. Walgreens. Walgreens. I'm like, okay, no one, no one. Was I'm always confused between Walgreens, CVS, yes. like said, like which one am I going into? They're all the same. They're kind of depressing, aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the, yes. I don't know. The whole atmosphere in those things are weird. I've never had been. I like try that. not to go in uh, very often. Yeah. Well, what do you know? So, the uh, Dow Jones and Uber. Are the, yeah, they were added. Re- replaced JetBlue. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, wait, that's a that's in a transportation. That's a, their transportation uh, oh, yes. index. Like that didn't make any sense. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're they're averages. Yeah, and remember when the Dow Jones started, there were eleven stocks, and nine of them were railroads. Nine railroads. How many railroads are in the Dow Jones now? I have no idea. Is there still one in there? I don't think there's any. <laughs> Which How is, long will Amazon be in the Dow? Probably not 100 years from now. Y- y- yeah, I, I would I would imagine they won't be there 100 My years. My guess, AI, AI is going to do things that we have no idea at this point. No one can really fathom, right? Yes. And they'll have some, some actually, really interesting applications. It's scary. Scary and exciting all at the same time. Yes, scary and exciting. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe... Maybe maybe AI maybe some company will use AI just will know what I need before I even know I need it and I won't even have to bother clicking anywhere. Yeah, it just sends you stuff. Maybe. 
I needed. A, I had a light bulb that went out. There are all these new light bulbs now. They're hard to kind of figure out. And the writing's so small. I'm trying to read the stupid thing, and I've got old man eyes anyway. And I'm like, I can't read. You take a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. And to figure out exactly with a oh, yeah, manufacturer and everything. Yeah. So I, that was news to me. Someone, someone introduced me that. that to me like last year. It was just like take a picture, boom, there. And here it is. Yeah. Comes to your house. All right. There we go. Let's <laughs> you want to take some calls? I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying our conversation. But yes. Um let's uh start off here in California talking to Christine. Christine, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, so here's the scoop. I'm 48. I have no retirement. I've been a stay-at-home mom for 20-some years. Um, divorcing. Husband has retirement. Mm. Um, I've already made the deal, whether it's a good one or not. I'm keeping the house, which is paid for. He's keeping his retirement. So what should I do? I have a little bit of money. Should I be buying an IRA? Am I too late to buy an IRA? No, no, you're not too late. Um, and who decided? Let's. I, and, uh, the question was Ira, but let's talk a little bit about the the assets and the marriage. How did how did you guys determine who gets what? And did you have an actuary work with you, or a qualified advisor, or an attorney that guided you through this? No, um, the retirement is not huge. It's probably honestly a little less than what the house is worth and the house is on free and clear. Okay. Oh, good oh, for and, you. Then. And the retirement will grow, but but but, well, but, but let me let me let me just share something for the rest of the listeners because this is a common mistake that is made in a divorce where people will look at two assets. Let's say your house was worth a half a million dollars and it's free and clear and the 401k or IRA is worth a half a million dollars and you're like, "Okay, you take the 401k or IRA and I'll take the house and everyone's happy." New. It doesn't work that way. Well, it can, but it, it's, it's not tip, equitable. It's not equitable. And the reason- equal. The reason is, and by the way, if that were the case, then you got the better end of the deal because you have to bring everything into an after-tax basis or after-transaction cost basis in order to compare them. So okay. if you were sitting with me and you said, okay, this house is worth- 500,000 and the IRA is worth 500,000. Really the house is worth about 95% of the 500,000 because the transaction cost of liquidating, that would be uh, real estate fees. There could be some capital gain in excess of the exemption, but maybe not. Probably not, but you, you, you would look at that and then you take the 401k or IRA and you'd say, well, how much is this worth after tax? 80%, 75%, 70%, depending on someone's tax bracket. Right. So I, I know that's not why you call, but very rarely do we actually get phone calls about that. It For the listeners, it's really, really, really important if you're going through a separation um, that you actually look at everything on an after-tax yeah, If you have basis. a good financial advisor, they can run these numbers for you. I mean, I, I've done it a number of times I've, over the years. I've done it with clients yep. where yep. They, they asked me to split the assets for them um, because they both trusted their advisor. And so anyway, so you're back 48, to the Christine. Um, are you back yeah. in the workplace? So I'm not. And probably neither is actually going to file for divorce for several years until there's like a necessity. So I imagine we'll just continue to file this married filing joint. So how does that also, like, in that case, based on income, 
and I, I'm not really super familiar with IRAs, but it sounds like in that case, it might be more appropriate to invest in a traditional IRA right now and maybe later convert it like to the backdoor thing. I have no very little. Okay. And what's the reason you're putting off um, the the Look, I I understand for most people, divorce is not, obviously, that's not what someone intended when they got married, right? (laughs) Yeah. And and it's not the ideal, but that just happens sometimes in in people's lives. And sometimes it's just the way things go. But it sounds like, is this just a separation at this point that may... I mean, eventually somebody will file the paperwork, but like I don't have health insurance once the pay- paperwork's filed. Okay. Nobody's in a rush. Okay. And obviously, it's for his benefit filing taxes to continue to claim me and for me not to go back to the workforce and want to claim the kids and okay. things like that. So you can make an IRA uh, contribution without, you can do a spousal IRA. That's right. <clears throat> Unless his income is greater than 210 or something like that. Okay. So, no. So that's that was my question. No, we're below that. Okay. Okay. I think it phased out at 190 somewhere in there. So, yeah. And then, yes, you can make a spousal contribution into an IRA. And you and should. Is that a traditional IRA or a Roth? Well, it depends on what the overall income is. Well, and- who's paying the taxes? I would do the Roth. You would do the Roth. Well, it sounds like you're going to continue being a stay home parent and he's going to. Yes. Yeah. And he's going to continue to work. And support the household. So if you, if you, and so he's the one paying the taxes. If you invest in in a traditional IRA, the, there'll be a tax deduction today, which he'll receive. But you're going to end up paying taxes on the withdrawals in the future. If you do a Roth, he's not going to get the tax deduction, so he, he'll end up writing a slightly larger check. And then the when tax you man. take the money out, it comes out tax free. So I would do the Roth. Do you have any other IRAs? No. Okay. Easy. And is this, Christine, is, is the motivation behind this is just so that you have some assets given where you guys are and at some time you might find yourself by yourself and you want to make sure you have some retirement assets? I mean, I just want to know that there's something there. Yeah, so I get it. For yep. sure, yeah. So for sure, it'll be high. I mean, what if I don't have anything else besides this house? when it's time to withdraw, like it's still going to be highly taxed or. Well, Roth comes out tax free. Yes. It could. Oh, well, if you don't have anything, then you you need to make sure you have something besides the house at retirement time, Christine. But the answer (laughs) to your question is if you made a traditional IRA security, but I'll need a little something else. Right. That's correct. Do you imagine you'll be living in the same house forever? Oh, no, no. No, no, no. Like that's already happening soon. And so we've decided at this time, just based on like, what we're doing, we're, the, the income will be like split as far as like the support for our, our household here Okay. So, with the kids. Well, then you do a Roth. So, I would do, do the Roth, Roth okay. for sure. You're my sister. I, I'm saying do the Roth. Okay. Yep. And you've got until April 15th to do it for um, 2023. Right. Perfect. Thank you. All right. All right. Appreciate we the wish call. you well, Christine. And I tell you, uh, di- divorces are, are always challenging financially. Yes. Right? And I mean, and often, I mean, I don't tell many times, I know you've seen it. We've both seen it. We've had clients that are retirement or retirement, retired or retirement age, and they go through, they come in and say, oh, guess what? We're getting divorced. Oh, and you're like, well, um, you 
you barely had enough money to begin with for your lifestyle. And now, like, who's going to go back to work? Oftentimes, yes. that's often. Because there's just not, now you've got to support two households instead of one household. Yeah, great From divorce. a financial standpoint, great divorce. try to avoid it. Um, oh, devastating financially. Typically. Can be. Typically. Yeah. Not yeah. good. No. All right, let's, uh, we're heading to New York, talking to another Christine. Christine, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Christine. How are you? We are, we're actually, ex I'm doing great today. <laughs> it's one of those good That's days great. for me. I don't know, I woke up in a good mood. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a question about when is it, when is it better to rent than to own a home and for retired people? My husband and I are both retired. I'm 68. He's 74. Uh, we own our home free and clear. Taxes are high. Uh, home repairs are high, are expensive. Um, we have a cash income of just over $5,000 a month, and we do have 200000 in um, mutual funds that I often use, pull out some money in order to pay for some of repairs and things like that with the house. And I'm wondering if we're, if I'm just sort of not making headway and if there's, if it makes more sense as we get older, maybe to look at renting rather than owning. What's the value of the home? It's probably about 270. And what do you, so you're not in, obviously in near Manhattan. <laughs> um, no, we're north. We're yeah. north of Syracuse. Yeah. Got it. <clears throat> and do you owe, owe anything on it? No. Uh -uh. And if you did sell the house and rent, mm -hmm. um, what could you rent your house? How much would it cost you to rent a similar house? Um, well, it would be an apartment probably, and it would probably be about, I would say, top the top end would be two thousand, probably between seventeen hundred and two thousand. So here's the value of owning a home: it's your inflation hedge. But okay. uh, but in the in in you look at the numbers and the fact that you actually said taxes and home repairs, right? Often mm -hmm. people actually leave the home repairs out of it, but, and anyone who's owned a home for a long time knows that they're a real, <laughs> real the, the, it's real. It's, it's a real mm -hmm. thing. Um, is money well, last year? It was, it was, it was over $15,000. Is money tight? Well, that's all we have for an income is uh, is five thousand in cash a month. And how much? How often are you taking money out of the uh, two hundred thousand dollars in mutual funds? You know, it's usually when like we had a bad window issue and that was eight thousand dollars, and so you know I had to, I had to take it out of that. Um, we are able I we are able to save money from the income from our cash income. So, you know, I'm able to sort of build up for taxes so I can pay the taxes out of what we're bringing in on a monthly basis cash wise. And so what does it cost you to maintain the household? Um, just the repairs and taxes. Do you believe like on an annualized basis, 15,000, 20,000? I, you know, I'd, I'd be in the eight to 10,000, you know, we've had a couple of weird things happen in the last couple of years. Um, but I'm hopefully we're not going to have those for a few more years now. Um, Do you like the home? Oh, I love it. 
We love it. We I, I, love the area. So yeah. this. So if if a comparable home would cost you two thousand dollars to rent today, what do you think it would have cost you to rent fifteen years ago? Probably, probably twelve hundred. Okay. Right. So if you guys, if you were eighty-eight and ninety-four, it'd okay. be pretty simple. The the okay. concern we would have is what inflation could do mm-hmm. to the rent your home. And if we have high inflation, the value of your home presumably is going to go up in value over that time. Inflation is increasing prices, right? So uh, maybe when not we over- say high inflation, I mean, it's higher than when we say high inflation, there were periods of time where inflation was much higher than it. Yeah. 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 That, a, a lot higher than what we saw in the last 12, 24 months. So you're looking at and thinking, well, we sell this, I could avoid property taxes. I could avoid repairs, probably a thousand bucks a month at a minimum of savings there. And you think, mm-hmm. then I need to come up with only another extra thousand dollars. But our, my, the concern would be what happens if that $2,000 rent is 2,500 or three or, or 3,500 3, yeah. or four. Yeah. And considering that you're that the $5,000 of monthly income, you're able to meet your income needs, your lifestyle needs, and the 200,000 mm-hmm. that you have in these mutual funds is essentially only being used for these home repairs when necessary. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I think I, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and if need be, you could it if need be if things got really really bad, you could do a reverse mortgage. But that would be 10, 15 years out. Probably that would be a long ways away. Okay. And, okay. And so I uh, I I like the fact that you own the home. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I really like the fact that it, you own the home and it's free and clear, and that the fact that you said you loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yes. So very rarely does it make sense for people to uh, rent for the long term. It makes lots of sense to rent short for term. the short term. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that, that it wouldn't really save us that much. It money. would be, I, I think it'd be worse for you financially. It, it, it would, it, it would enter a new risk into your financial situation that you do not have today. Yeah. It doesn't exist for you, which okay. is inflation. Excellent. Which is inflation. So, you know, if worse comes to worse, you could do a reverse mortgage, but that's years and years and years, if ever. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right, Christine. Well, thank you so much. And I assume you're both, uh, well, obviously your husband would be on Social Security. Are you taking Social Security now as well? Yes, I Yes. And uh, I mean, it might actually make sense for you to say, let's look at our house and let's plan, if we're here for the next 15 years, what repairs might we need in the next couple of years? Do we look at taking care of a bunch of things at once and taking 50,000 out of your savings or yeah. 75,000 out of it to, to get the house so you don't have many repairs? So, the, the, and remember the difference between that is needs and wants. Yeah. Well, I tried to do a lot of that stuff before I retired. Perfect. Um, yeah, like the, you know, the roof and, and that sort of thing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. 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 You're in good okay. shape. You're in yeah. good shape. Don't move. Good. You're better off to stay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. All right, Christine. It, it's, it's interesting. It, it, inflation is, um, it's hit, it, it, it's different areas. Like food costs are up dramatically. The percentage of income that the average American is spending on food has never been higher in 30 years. Yes. It's for, for some as a families, percentage of yes. income. For some families, it is. Oh, it's, it's really challenging. It's very, very difficult. But even things such as uh, auto insurance, 
is up dramatically. Homeowners insurance. And parts of it, is, in large part, is just the repairs are so much more expensive. Both home, uh, get contractors out is much more expensive than it used to be. Cars, getting your cars worked on. Part of that is actually due to how cars are built today. <laughs> Correct. Right. <laughs> all the regulations, there's all the stuff that has to be in it. Yes. Yeah. It, it, the it's technology. Endless. The technology yes. that actually um, is associated with the, the cars. New cars now, they have some warning to make sure that you didn't leave the baby in the back seat. Like I've rented a car recently, a brand new car. They've some they would like a warning. Make sure you didn't leave the baby in the backseat. You have a baby? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's irrelevant. I, I, I don't know. I was thinking, when did you get a baby? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and how does it know? I don't want a baby. <laughs> how does it know? It just knows. It's just one of those. It's just, they're, it's. They add up. Yeah. So many things on the. And then it's inflation's been. Um, it, uh, it, the lower the income, the. the the greater the effect of inflation because your percentage of your income going towards basic needs is where we've actually yeah. seen a large increase in inflation or dining out. Yeah, that is, that's, that always, uh, what I just, that is a pure luxury. Well, I, not, I mean, you take someone who's let's on the lower income side of things Okay. Working a couple jobs trying to raise kids. That's right. There's no time for cooking. They're buying McDonald's, pizza, all the healthy foods. <laughs> well, well, maybe it's not pure luxury. I mean, I think there's a, but maybe there's, for the middle class, it's a luxury. That, yes. I don't know. I, when I first started in business 33 years ago, I packed my lunch almost every day. Oh, yeah. I used to carry a lunch often. Yes. And what if I went out, it was somewhere cheap. Yes. Yeah. And normally with someone higher up in the organization, hoping that they would Actually, buy. I remember, man, my, fir my first year, uh, I would go to Bobby McGee's at happy hour time and eat and buy a Diet Coke and eat, uh, <laughs> mow through the chicken wings, the veggies, at least twice a week. That it, was my dinner. At Bobby McGee's. It was a Bobby McGee's. It was a Bobby McGee's. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby McGee's. Huh? That was the name of the restaurant. Yeah, happy hour. I'd get a Diet Coke, and uh, that would be my dinner. <laughs> I'm sure no one's playing a violin for me. We've all, we've, almost all of us. Many of us been have there, been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's uh, continue on those calls. By the way, if you want to be part of our program, we tend to schedule our calls in advance, and you can uh, join us by sending us an email at questions at moneymatters.com, questions at moneymatters.com. We're talking with Jason. Jason, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hello, Scotty Pat. Hi, Jason. This is Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi, hi. Um, long time listener. I just have a questions concerning um, Roth conversion. I'd like to run the scenario with you to see if it makes sense or whether I'm missing something. Please, Great. please. Okay. Uh, both I and my wife are a 59-year-old. I'll be 58-year-old. 50, I'll be 59 pretty soon. Uh, we're both retired, married, filing joint. We have one daughter, 19-year-old, in college. Um, for the tax year 2024, I've estimated our um, AGI to be roughly 160K. That's pension plus taxable interest. Um, and so we do qualify for the um, American Opportunity Tax Credit, the $2,500, um, most likely entirely. But I'm thinking of doing 
um, Roth IRA, Roth conversion and foregoing the $2,500. And I just want to run through the scenario. What is that tax credit? Um, it's the American Opportunity Tax Credit for for um, expenses going to college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. College, yeah. It's funny. There are so many um, a, a credits, and they all phase out. Um, right, right. We, use, right. We, have a, I, we have a software program that you can do. We do what-if scenarios, and we, we right. can look at all these different phase-outs at different income levels. So we can t- in right. order, that's the kind of programs we use when, we, when we're doing analysis on Roth conversions. Right. From, what I, from my research, um, it be, the phase-out begins at 160K and ends at 180K. Okay. So for the tax year 2024, I think we're good. The AGI estimates to be uh, 160K. But um, if I'm doing any Roth conversion, obviously, that's going to change. Yeah. And, and I am thinking of doing Roth conversion, and we're looking at perhaps converting 200K. How much do you have in, in retirement accounts, tax-deferred retirement um, accounts? For the, for the rollover IRAs, we have about $1.4 million. For 401K, around 600K. For Roth IRAs, about 250K. And then also... Um, Taxable brokerage account about three fifty k. And what did you say was in the Roth two fifty? Roth, it's around two fifty k. Okay. And uh, I assume you you'll both qualify for Social Security when the time is. Well, right. yes, when time comes. Yeah. yeah. And where does this so, one sixty? Uh, this one sixty is mm-hmm. just pension uh, income it's, and it's, taxable income off of the brokerage account and any money you have in the bank. Correct? Yes, that's correct. Our annual pension roughly 135k, and for 2024, I estimate about 25k for uh, for the taxable interest. Okay. So, and you, um, uh, you live in California. Yes, Northern California. Are you going to stay in California? Um, that's the thing. Highly likely, we're going to stay in California. I, I mean, I, I can't rule out the possibility, but most yeah. likely, not moving away. So anyway, the, the reason I'm thinking of doing the conversion this year is because upcoming 2026, the tax bracket reverts back to, um, I think, around 2017. And when I look at it, all the tax brackets around my income range probably go up 2 to 3%. Yeah. And also some of those brackets actually shifted lower so that um, – you hit the 33% or 32 or 33% earlier. Yep, earlier. So based on my calculation, if I do the conversion of, let's say, 200, 200K this year, my tax additional tax bill will be around 66K, um, state plus Fed. But if I wait till 2026, it's going to be about 77K, um, $11,000 more. So by doing the conversion now, I actually save some tax, of course, that's, you know, in the future, yeah. who knows what's going to happen. But, but then I would forego the 25. Is your 100, where's the, the 160,000, how much was that as pension? 135. 135K. Okay. 135K pension and then 25K projected um, interest, taxable interest. Why is it, so, on that brokerage account, are you managing that tax efficiently? Um, Doesn't sound like no, it. <laughs> actually, not at this point. We're 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 mostly in short-term treasury at this point across all accounts. Um, so no, I'm not managing. Let me back this up. <clears throat> but 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 I am investing in treasuries, which is state tax-free. So 
at least it's that. So, but not federally. I, is your four hundred one k and your uh, IRA also in treasuries? Um, mostly, yeah, mostly. Short, short-term treasury. I do have some small amount of um, short-term treasury. Some, some in one year and two-year duration, and then very small amount in tips, and then on the side I also have some I bonds. Um, so most of your portfolios, most of your portfolios in fixed income, then is what I just heard. Yes. yes so it is. I, if I took a look at this two point four five million dollars across the board, ninety mm-hmm. percent plus in say. treasuries. <clears throat> how, what was yes, it? I would say. What was your? How was your portfolio the last few years? Was that? Have you always been in um, short term treasuries? Um, they were not, but I I was really never fully invested in equity. I would say at most 40% equity, 60% fixed income. So why but don't you have 40% years, equity today? Transition. Um, uh, I'm sorry, what's the question again? Why don't you have any equities today? Oh, um, just risk tolerance and never really found a good entry point or re-entry point, so to speak. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so uh, first of all, I question the uh, assumption that you're going to generate $25,000 a year in taxable income off of $200,000 brokerage account. 350 that's brokerage. A, oh, 350 brokerage. All right. Oh, um, just, it's just for this year. Okay. Um, because we did liquidate some I-bonds. So so I, I've already done the calculation. Okay. It would be roughly 25K. Oh. And that's also from Treasury last year that got cash out earlier this year, I bond and so Okay. So, so, so yes, you should, you should do a Roth conversion. Yes. Okay. Whether and, it's 200,000 or not, mm-hmm. uh, I'd actually have to do the calculation myself. I wouldn't right. do it. Gotcha. It sounds high. I'm 57. If I had your financial situation, I would not convert $200,000. No, but that's what I said. It, it may make sense to convert some. Right. Um, the, the reason I'm doing that is, um, looking at around converting two hundred thousand is going to push me all the way near the top of the twenty four percent bracket, yeah. and I want to take advantage of that. So, and and then obviously with any conversion to Roth, I'm essentially contributing more into the Roth. Yeah, and the state of K in this scenario, because I'm paying the tax from a outside brokerage. Yeah, personal brokerage. Account. No, we understand. So, but but in, in the way I view it, that delta between even let's assuming that the, none of these tax um, reductions remain intact, which we don't know. We'll actually, frankly, should know more come November after the election to see who controls the House and the, and the administration yeah. and all that. Right. Then I think yeah, we'll have a, a little more clarity on what may or may not happen. That's correct. Um, so. so- if I am doing any Roth conversion at all, I definitely would want to push it all the way up to the top of the 24% bracket just so that – because even if I do a little small amount, I'm going to lose out on the $2,500 American Opportunity Tax Credit. So I don't want to just do a little. Yeah, I'm just saying I wouldn't – if I were in your situation, I would not because it's – I've got to be real transparent with you. You are focusing on one little tiny thing yes, in your I portfolio and yeah. – you are missing what I consider your the greatest uh, wealth opportunity it's in the way your in, investments are st- structured. You're 50, mm-hmm. 50, you're both 59 years old. You probably have 30 mm-hmm. years plus. You, ahead you of should, you. if you called and said your portfolio was 40% equities today, I'd okay. say, okay, great. Still a little concerned. But when you've got, that's your biggest thing. 
yeah. and you're focused on trying to save two or three percent of marginal tax bracket, which we may or we don't even know what's going to happen. And there's no guarantee that the Roths that who this is under the assumption that our tax law, the structure of our taxes are going to be the same 10, 20 years That's from now. Correct. That's, That's a correct. big bet, too. You're right. Yes, but but Scott, yes. I there really wouldn't be surprised we saw lower income taxes with a value added tax at some point or a wealth tax or a wealth tax. But but I think that there's room for or an excess to excise tax on 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 large retirement withdrawals, which has or happened. at death. So I'm not saying the two hundred thousand is what bothers me. I think there's room for some Roth conversion there. But but if I do. A small amount of conversion. You'll lose the twenty five hundred bucks. And I'm not getting. Yeah, I'm okay. not getting the bang for the bucket by giving up the twenty five okay. hundred dollars. I, okay. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I, I I may start doing it a few years later after I no longer the the AOTC doesn't apply to me anymore. Then then yeah, then definitely that would be a no brainer. At that time, I would convert up to whatever the you know twenty two percent that. But for now, I the. Here, so here's because J- Jason. Right. Here's how I view this. If I were a medical doctor and you came into my office and were 450 pounds with diabetes and had serious health issues, <laughs> okay. right? I would say, look, we need to, we, Jason, we need to figure out a change in your lifestyle, a change in your mindset to have you lose weight. Otherwise, you're a dead man, right? All right. And I look at your financial situation. You're all in treasuries. Crazy, okay. by the way, it can, particularly because you have a pension, yes, which is the equivalent of having treasuries. If I did a net present value of that hundred and thirty-five thousand based on two fifty-nine-year-olds, we're looking at three million plus yeah. there, right? In fixed income already. In fixed income, yes. and in addition to that, you've got another two point six five or uh, two point six in treasuries as well. I agree with Scott. I would find, I would like, what do I need to do behaviorally to get comfortable by having some equities in my portfolio that are going to protect me in the event of a hyperinflation period? Cause that's the biggest risk you've got. I'm sure your pension doesn't have a cost of living adjustment. Um, they, they do. Then is you, are you a, a retiree from the government? Um, my wife is from the state of California. I'm on, from the federal, but my adjustment doesn't occur until I'm age 62. That's right. Um, her adjustment will start this coming year. That's so, right. That's right. So we do have some form of adjustment so, there. So but, yeah, I, 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 I agree. With, if you want to do the Roth conversion, do the Roth conversion. Uh, whether it makes any difference in the wrong, long, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, I, I could mean, it's kind run. of like the example of the 450 year old man on, with heavy diabetes that is thinking about 150 pound, 450 pounds. What I say, <laughs> whatever. Old. Okay, 450 <laughs> pounds. Like I'm thinking about uh, um, getting a facelift. What do you think, Doc? Should I get, should I get my facelift? What the jowls? What do you I'm, like? So there's so, the, so, the the issue is something completely different. Right. So so with my portfolio, I I, I hear you. Basically, it is my asset allocation, which I do t- totally agree. It's just that I haven't found a good entry point, so to speak. Okay. I know I can always well, then gradually it, dollar cost wait, 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 wait. but it's just I don't feel comfortable. Go ahead. Oh, oh, but that's the whole point. It's a behavioral thing here, but it's not – you don't feel comfortable. It's, I, if I, You can do whatever you want. It's your life, your money, obviously. <laughs> but right. when you call a couple financial advisors that have been doing this for three-plus decades – like mm-hmm. figure out a way to get comfortable. 
whatever that is, support group, investing club, I don't know, um, finding someone you really trust. That's going to have the much, that's going to, the impact on your finances, your family in your family wealth and income, the impact there is 20 X of what this Roth conversion is. Yeah. You're talking about timing of taxes for a couple percentage points. You're like, great. Great. It's easier to calculate though. Oh yeah. It doesn't require actually any emotional energy. <laughs> no. It does. That's the, and look at, you know, Jason, no, no, that's, um, that's, that's exactly right. It's more analytical. It's just, numbers on paper, yeah. right? And you're not alone. Look, this is behavioral finance. Um, it, it has a much a greater impact on someone's uh, overall financial plans than the asset allocation and everything. What did you do for a living? Engineer. Engineer. There we knew. We knew that. We knew that. Because it's easy to draw lines. Well, you have it. Yeah. It, 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 your, your very nature, it leads itself to this sort of a, uh, right? It, this what did you engineer, a, by the way? Um, I'm an electronic engineer. Okay. There we go. Right? <laughs> there we go. It, it, that is, it, it, and you're not alone. No. You're not alone. I could have told you you were an engineer without even asking the question. Well, or, I, answer, or I answered that before he did, so right. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and so th- that's the work that needs to be done. Your portfolio, at a minimum, should be 40% equities, at a minimum. Uh, but the Roth conversion, do the Roth conversion. And it might and look, there's some ways to structure it. You might say, I'm going to take, these dollars are for when we're in our 70s, and peel off 40% and say, I'm, gonna, I'm not worried about the value this year. I'm going to worry about when I'm 70. Okay. And I, 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 tell you, I have done it for clients that were very similar to you, which is, look, we're going to construct a portfolio that allows you to sleep at night because of your view of the world. We're going to take some money and we're going to put it in a IRA, self-directed, and I'm going to go 100% equities. And then I'm going to take the other half and I'm going to put it in treasuries. And once you believe that there's enough in those treasuries that's going to last you until your dying day and then some, Mm -hmm. you won't worry as much about the equity position. So so if I am going to gradually move into equity, which part of money should I start with? Roll over IRA, 401k, Roth, or really doesn't matter, or across the board? Percentage-wise, or pro- what would you recommend? I'd, I'd do the Roth. Because <laughs> you're never going to spend those dollars. You're never going to spend those dollars. <laughs> well, you might at the some Roth. point. I time. doubt it. Your home's paid for, I assume. Home's paid for, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you, and you're probably not spending the 165 you're making now. Um, we're not. We, we still have leftover, yes. Yeah, it's kind of like we've seen this movie before. Okay. Right? All right. We, we're practicing advisors. We work with people like you all the time, right? Uh, And that's not either a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing, right? It's not good or bad. We we have no, you you know, look, it's, uh, you have to fight your own tendencies and urges to be a good investor. Yeah, I I agree. It's more a mindset. It's just that, you know, keep waiting, waiting for a good entry point, but it's that's why today but but if you were an electrical engineer we wouldn't wait for for something we'd actually put together a plan and actually execute on that plan would we not 
Yeah. Regardless yeah. of market conditions, because you've missed some entry points. I started yeah, in this industry. I I I've said this a number of times in this program. I started this industry July of, of 1990. Mm-hmm. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was roughly 2,600. We've had yeah. 30 years yeah. of good entry points. 33 years of good entry points because the Dow's. So, Jason, you need to, you you know what you need to do. So, appreciate the call. Well, that is all the time we've had. It's been great being with you. Certainly appreciate our listeners. And um, if you like this, give us a good review. And we'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hanson, Pat McLean, Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.